What's going on, everybody? Another Dogs Football Podcast. It's great to hear that fight song on a Monday for the first time in over three weeks. I'm your host, Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. As always, Noah, it's great to be back in the win column. Yeah, it's great to be back. We've got a good bounce back win, got a good road win, and, you know, they're always tough to get in the valley. So, yeah, that was a big win. We, we found some things to get on the right track and keep our playoff hopes and even Missouri Valley football, a share of the Valley title alive. Yes, and uh, we know there's some big games in the final week. There were some big games that happened this weekend that we'll get to here shortly. Yeah, it did keep our definitely playoff hopes alive, and it was one of those games we said coming in that um, it'd be nice if the offense would get going and be dominant, and that they were in a 47-21 to victory at Indiana State. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so all of that. Now let's jump let's jump into this game because we usually go through like if it was a tight game, certain specifics of it, but I think this is a game that we'll we'll talk about how because it wasn't at the start of this game, we should have got it out of hand a lot earlier than it did, and then we'll just say what the scores were. It was one of those games that had Dayton feels to it <clears throat> once the second half kicked in. So Noah, <clears throat> let's kick off with this. If we're going by what Suzuki Sports Network said, <clears throat> Branson Combs, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that he was hobbling this game, but he decided to play. And we'll check how he was at the box score at the end of the game. Indiana State won the toss, and they received, usually, we haven't seen that a lot lately. First drive of the game, no one will talk about him a lot because he had a big honor this week. David Miller, his second pick in as many weeks, and it was the first of this game uh, that gave us great field position to start this game around midfield. And then we go down, and actually, we, we go down field with ease. We got a defensive pass interference to help us out along the way, and we got first and goal, but then we weren't able to get anything going and to settle for a Nico 23 yarder. Noah, what kept us this drive? What, what were the plays that allowed us to not get in the end zone, if you remember? Yeah, we after that landing uh, PI got um, set us up, uh, we had uh, Javon Williams. Finally, finally, this game, we'll get more into him. Finally, got him involved early. He had a six-yard game, then Romere for two. Then Romere got stopped for a one-yard loss. So on that third down call, we went right back to Romere. And uh, um, so it set us up for Nico, a little chip shot field goal, and we're unable to punch it in. So um, those are key parts of the game when you get good field position like that off of your defense. And uh, you got to capitalize and make that seven points because um, the deeper you go into the season, the you can't settle for field goals. No, you feel like you're always in four-down territory, definitely, when it comes to the playoffs. At any point in the game, maybe not at the very start like it is here. Just, yeah, early early in the game on the road, you want to get points no matter what. And even, you know, we see it all the time where if a team gets so deep first and goal and you don't get anything, that if you go for it and don't get it, then you, you, you know, you keep the team that gets the ball right inside their own five-yard line. So really, it can't go wrong ever with that. Uh, so, yeah, we settled for the field goal there, and, yeah, you want to capitalize, go down and score six. Um, so we didn't there, but no, our defense came alive right after that, allowing them uh, nothing. Kevin Glacian got some stuffs on this drive, and Keenan Agnew forced a fumble that it was one of those where we tried to scoop it and run with it, and we should have just uh, fell on it. It was on a third down. Uh, so we didn't fall on it, but we still forced them to punt, and it was blocked. Noah Donovan Spencer, who we know has got some bad luck. Recently, he did okay in this game we'll get to, but he was on special teams and blocked this punt. Yeah, that's a big-time play. Yeah, always always fall on the ball. Don't try to scoop and score. I know you want to – know a lot of those defensive players want to get touchdowns, but that's one you gotta, you just got to fall on. And uh, – we take over with a really good field position, but yeah, Donovan got in on the action. Um, hey, that's what he's, that's his role. That's what he's been calling on. Uh, at first when I heard or I was watching and they said Donovan did, I had to think, well, there's not another 20 on the team. So it must've been actually him. And cause I haven't heard his name a lot, unless he's uh, back there receiving the ball on special teams like that. But yeah, that's a big time play and uh, set us up for a pretty good field position. Yeah, I feel like at the beginning of the year, whether it was SEMO or something else, because <clears throat> that's when Donovan wasn't playing to start the year, we were wondering if there was a different 20 on the team, and there hasn't been. So, uh, yeah, because yeah, at this point, when your special teams and your defense are doing great, forcing a fumble blocked here on this one, got to go capitalize, and that we did. We went down, Noah Nick Baker found Avante 
who Avante got comfortable in this game, had 31-yarder for the touchdown to make us at 10, uh, get us at 10 to nothing with three and a half left in the first. Uh, there was a shoving match, apparently off of kickoffs at one point, a face mask that was on Indiana State. Uh, they stalled, hit a punt, and that was the end of the first. We're up 10 nothing. We wish we would have been up uh, 14 nothing, but we live with it. And then Noah here, we actually go down in another one. We settled. Uh, had some big four, uh, third down conversions on this drive, actually, by Justin Strong and Jerron Rollins. Uh, but definitely did not uh, go in there and punch it for six. Nico with his second field goal. So now we're up 13 to nothing. And with that field goal, Nico passed Cornell Craig for seventh all-time with 224 points at SIU. Keep growing his legacy here and here. And then knowing this game, they punted again. We wanted to talk about how we actually, I guess he had enough space. You say you were watching, so was I as we were working. Uh, it seemed like Javon got some space, and he returned about a lot of the punts that they had. Yeah, we we haven't seen a lot of... Uh a lot of punts punt returns this year because um, Javon sure hands he's uh, usually fair catching and we just take over from offense but yeah it's it's good to see that he's got some room um, our our blockers our, our blockers did a good job getting him some room and uh, yeah he's a guy if he gets get any space he can break it for a touchdown so yeah if, if he has the chance to return it because I think we've seen a couple times he's tried to force a return and almost ends in a disaster this year. But, yeah, he's got some really good space this year, and, yeah, that's all we need to get him out in wide open space and things can happen. Right, and you're right on the uh, disaster in terms of – he doesn't really fumble ever, but in terms of getting him injured, we know we've seen that a lot where he's kind of hobbling after something he's tried to do on a punt. So, yeah, definitely uh, for that, and then he returned it to our own 29, so not the worst field position in general, past to where if he fair, fair caught it per se, but then our drive stalled. Jack had his first punt, and it was not a good one. It was into the wind and only an 18-yarder, so set them up for good field position, and even a late hit on Bryce along the way. Uh, and then Clayton appeared to have an interception at this point, uh, then, but it was an incomplete pass, and then Noah, they go down. Uh, thanks to a lot of these, that bad punt and that uh, flag got them down, and they finally scored here. Dante Hendricks, who was big in this game, kept the 13-7. to So then at this point, we're thinking, oh, well, it's almost halftime here, and uh, you know, it should be out of reach per se, and a lot of the stuff that shouldn't have happened at this point. So then, no, we go down with that little time left before the half, and we roll downfield, and Javon finishes this one out with a power run that I forgot what down it was, but... He was able to just do a power run that he should do all the time. We should trust him to do, and we do. He just haven't seen it a whole lot. Go in pretty much at the buzzer, touchdown before half. Yeah, it was one of those drives where we got the ball with right around right under four minutes, and that's one of those drives that we keep talking about sustaining long drives and getting go and punch them in the end, and that's what we did here. Um, I believe that was that's the drive where Nick Baker he really moved the chains, where oh. just a big old effort play. He stayed upright, it's good balance, and he got a first down. Then on, it was, I believe it was second one, we got a false start. So it moves us back with five seconds, and what do we do? Uh, line up in Wildcat still, and uh, Javon Williams, all effort, strength, gets it in the end zone before half. That's big time um, to put us up 19 to 7 and a half. Yeah, wasn't it? It had to have been coming out of maybe a timeout or something. Whenever this happened, when Javon had his play, and you're right, Nick, his effort was unbelievable in that, uh, that he was stumbling and still managed to know where he was at and find the sticks. That was one of his plays of the season, without a doubt, even though, uh, well, before half, you know, to get this opportunity to score, even though we probably would have set up for a field goal at the time of this game, it was huge, even though we, we uh, uh, you know, whatever the word is, gosh, uh, took away with it in the second half. I couldn't even, sorry. But, um uh, and we had a failed two-point conversion, although we tried the Philly special. We've seen that a lot in football, and this is the first time we've obviously tried something like that. First two-point conversion, I think we've actually gone for or tried in a long time, and we didn't get it. So, yeah, that's where the score was 19-7. to uh, Decent half from everybody involved. Donovan was our leading rusher, and Nick was 131 yards in that one touchdown. Pretty efficient as well to this point. Oh, and this is where we broke it open. Uh, right out, uh, we figure because we got the ball, we needed to score. 
And we did. Uh, Donovan Spencer ended this drive with a touchdown. Uh, and then Noah, this huge one right here, which was definitely notable at the time, it was kind of crazy on our one of our defensive drives here to make a 33 to seven. Uh, there was a batted ball by Jordan Burner who fell into the hands, kind of stumbled around his hands, but he caught it and ran with it. No, I'm pretty sure he stiff-armed the man. Anthony Knight and found his way to the house for a pick. Yeah, it was a big-time play. Uh, we've been really good at this. Anthony's really good at it, but Jordan got his one of his big old palms up and knocked it right into the chest of Anthony. He was able to hold on to it, and, yeah, he found his way into the end zone, stiff-arming a guy and uh, – Still looks stiff running but uh, with the ball. But, yeah, it's big-time play. That breaks it wide open, and uh, that almost writes it off right there is the dagger in Indiana State right there. Yeah, you're right. He looked more athletic than I, yeah, than we've seen him this year for sure just on that play. And he stiffed on the mound. He's been practicing playing with the ball. So maybe we need to use him more on that side. If he wasn't Big tight doing, end. If he wasn't doing as good on defense, yeah, something. Uh, it's awesome though seeing those two. You know, one does one to help the other, and then they score on something like that in their last seasons. And we know senior day is coming up. We'll get to that again. So it's great to see that. You're right. Usually it's Anthony batting the balls, but Jordan, who I'm sure is up there, we know Anthony is the all-time tackles for loss and probably batted balls. If we were keeping a thing on that, Jordan's up there as well. So that is great. Adds to Anthony's Hall of Fame career. And, no, I'm pretty sure, because I didn't know at the time, I think Mike said that that was his second career interception. I'm not sure when the, when the first one was. But, yeah, that happened. That made it a 33-7 game. And then Noah Vontae got his second touchdown of the game. Happened off a very quick three-play drive that consisted of, I think the first play was to Tice to get us pretty deep downfield. And then Romir had a big run. Not sure how long it was. And then Avante finished it off. We had 27 unanswered points at this point, 40-7. to yeah, that was a that's one of our uh, explosive. We got explosive players, and it was an explosive drive. It was forty one to Tice down the sideline, then twenty one by Romere. Then they found Avante for nine to punch it in, and just really keep separating ourselves. Uh, we talked about how we didn't need style points; we just needed a win. But style points don't help; doesn't hurt us in the end. So, yeah, that, that was a that was one of those quick drives that we talk about. We either score quick or we go three and out. There's no in between. We had a couple decent drives today or Saturday of cons- consistent drives, but yeah, that's one of those quick drives. That's three playmakers we're going to use, and that's going to help us out. Yes, you're right. It's either three plays like this, or it's three and out, and definitely no long drives. Even though we were uh, texting each other throughout the game, and we hopefully we can get a long drive at some point throughout here, but we didn't. No, they go down and score, and they snapped our 27 nothing run, make it 40 to 14 right before the end of the third quarter. And there was a deep throw to Landon, though I wanted to say, obviously at this point, his 29-game streak where the catch was on the line. And he didn't get this one. He ended up not getting one of the game, unfortunately. They uh, included him in some run plays for some negative yardage, but no catches. We'll get to that again here in a second. So end of the third, and then we score out of the third quarter. Javon gets his second touchdown of the game. And this was a 43-yarder, Noah. As soon as we've talked about it so many times, as soon as he finds a hole, he is gone. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the more the more times he gets the ball, the bigger chance that he breaks one off because um, he finds a hole in open space, he's gone. And uh, for his size at 6'2", 245, he moves pretty pretty well and he outruns DB. So, yeah, that's what we've been talking about. We want – you want – big-time plays from your big-time players. And um, I know Nick Hill has said he, he's he he's been getting the ball, but everybody else feels like he hasn't. And finally, this game, we got him some more touches, and look what happens. Exactly, and we'll get to that here, what his touches were and some stuff that Nick Hill has said recently to maybe counter that. So uh, they went forward on fourth and nine in our territory. They converted out to our 14, and they score, making it 47 to 21. Uh Dante Hendricks again, but at this point, no, they had 21 points. Obviously, it was one of those games where our offense was free-flowing. Our defense was kind of just going with the flow, per se, and we talked about how Indiana State's previous games, how little points they scored against their opponents, so they definitely tripled that, almost that total from previous weeks in this game. Uh, But no, on this next drive, our guys were still going. Nick Baker had Isaiah. That got us at at their 23, but then our drive stalled. Nico hit another one, or no, uh, Tried another one, 45-yarder, and uh, was uh, he, didn't, he missed it. 
so then the next time, as soon as they took over, David Miller got his second pick, so his third pick in two weeks. And then at this point, at the next time at uh, on offense, it's when we got Stone Norton and Pot Jones onto the field, knowing it, seeing Pot Jones out there, he may he has big yardage almost every single time. We know he's talented. We've we've known him for a little bit. He's been here a while, and know hopefully that he gets involved a lot next year. We're thinking he will with the ability that he has. Yeah, he's uh he's an explosive runner. He runs really hard, and it's great to see. When he does get in the games, the things that happen when we put the ball in his hands, yeah, it's he's gonna be. He'll probably, I'd say, uh, he'll replace Donovan and the four-headed monster, and we'll continue with that because um, he's. I'm sure he works hard in practice and during an, another off-season, getting more more in the weight room and working on his body even more. He'll deserve even more chances because he'll have a good spring next year and a good summer and a good fall camp, and he'll earn his way into that four-man rotation. So, yeah, it's great to see that guys that we have guys that are young enough to uh, get in the game when they're out of hand or even if we need them to step in and they make plays. Yes, and he has been waiting patiently for his turn, and we're thinking because of his emergence and if obviously if we keep our other three guys that, yeah, obviously going into the transfer portal and getting Donovan – a veteran, but now since our other guys are more uh, seasoned veterans that by this time next year, that yes, uh, definitely Pop will be involved. And then Stone Norton, no, we know he hasn't really thrown the ball. I don't know if he, he maybe has one completion on the year. We know he, he got in the SEMO game and missed some throws, but he's only gotten in, obviously, just to run the ball. We'd like to see him throw at some point. Uh, so Javon met with Todd after the game, has talked about it, and all this good stuff. Coach Hill talked after the game. James Caesar was tweeting, dub. We wanted to talk about him here soon. So, Noah, final score. It was one of those dominant wins that we knew we had to have, and the team did it. Yeah, it's it's it was a must win at the time for us, and it still is this weekend is as well to really to get into the playoffs. It's crazy to think that there was a, maybe a questioning that we might miss the playoffs after the start of our season. And yeah, it's it, a, a win on the road in the Valley is always a good win, especially when you're winning 47 to 21. Um, I know Indiana State's had their struggles, but it's a good win. It's always a good win. A win's a win in everybody's case. And we got back on track. Um, so we're going to continue. We're going to break down the film and continue to build on it going into next week. Yeah. And even the guys on the broadcast said it has pretty much solidified us in the playoffs. And that just, you know, reminds us that obviously it was a game we needed to do. And even Nick Hill said after the game, you know, this was something we were expected to do. And we did. And obviously that ups us, you know, obviously with, and we'll get to it, some other stuff that happened around the Valley and the FCS, that some things can change. And obviously if you beat a team this bad, that it helps you in the long run, how you're looked at really no matter who it is, um, just in terms of your final resume building. Uh, So no end of this box score. Yeah, Nick was, he, with 17 of 26, we ran the ball pretty well in this game, but uh, he had two touchdowns, 65% percentage or uh, completion percentage. Javon, yes, here. He got those 10 attempts, no, for rushing, 79 yards and those two touchdowns, like you said. Last time he was uh, uh, at Indiana State, he got those two touchdowns, so he just likes playing there, I think. And, Noah, because Nick Hill said when he was asked about Javon, whenever it was, that I guess it was on the post game that he had been getting about 8 to 10 uh, uh, runs a game, which we kind of shook our head and or scratched our head and said we didn't think so because at first he or we went back and looked at his other games and like it was two or four or something. And then obviously, if you average them out over time, it's about eight to ten. But no, yeah, as you said earlier, he got the ten, he got the most, and we won. So that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's he's he's a type of back where the more the he's kind of like Derrick Henry, the more carries he gets, the stronger he gets. So that's why it's these this I know we like we they don't care about carries but you having a four-headed monster kind of hurts a guy like that because the stronger he gets stronger and later in games and he breaks one off for 43 like he did Saturday and yeah I, I'm glad but going back to Nick Baker 26 I'd like to see that from uh, unless we get in a shootout game from 20, be his yeah, 20, 25 to 30 attempts for him. Yeah, we ran the ball 48 times. That's what I want to see. If we're a running football team, 
and uh, it's going to wear down defenses. And uh, if you run the ball, you can have play action off that. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Javon having ten for seventy nine and two touchdowns. That's huge. Uh, we need to continue that. I know uh, we average five point nine yards per carry so that's huge as well so yeah we need to continue to give give our running backs the ball whoever it is but mainly i'd like to see javon get more carries than 10 even so if we can get him up to the 15 range even that'd be perfect and sprinkle in the others because um i know any of them can break off at any point but uh it seems like your main runners are javon donovan and romir justin gets in the passing game a little bit more but yeah we need to continue the running ball. It's going to help us out in the long run. Look what we did in the spring when we ran the football. So um, it's a good way to get back on track. Maybe they will take, take a lot of these things from this game and continue with it. Yeah, Javon's eight rushes per carry. And, yeah, I mean, especially if, you, if you're on the ball a lot, you said 48 times. So that means you're leading. That means you're knocking clock out. That, that's where you want to be at the end of games. And, granted, we might not have that unless, you know, barring something crazy in the playoffs and games like that. But either way, yeah, we should establish a run anyway. Nick Hill has said we're a running team, and we believed him to this point. And, yes, Nick being about 25 to 30, I agree, uh, seems about right. So you said Justin Strong won the receiving. You're right. He was second on the day in carries, though, with nine for 35. Uh, Pop Jones was actually second on the team in yards with that great end of the game. He had 12 uh, yards per carry. Donovan, yes, eight for 39, uh, almost five yards of carry, one touchdown at one. Uh, Justin had those 35 yards. Romir, eight for 35. Uh, Nick actually ran pretty well, three for 23 of his own. Abonte got involved, one for 18. Uh, Isaiah as well, and then here's Landon's two for three, negative one net. Uh, so that's how only he got involved. They did a pretty good job on him, I'd say, but... Yeah, 48 for 282 is, is special. It's something we want to keep going. Granted, like I said, it's a team. It's a game like this. You just kind of run the clock out at the end to pad that, but we established it throughout that game. Uh, Noah, only Isaiah, three catches, 66 led the way. He had that 48 long. And then Tice, who Tice had that one uh, false start or offsides penalty. At one point, we were in the red zone that stalled it, and I think it led to what was that? He was the one that got to Javon's touchdown, right? Or something. Yeah, he was the he he was one that false started before Javon's touchdown. So then we because obviously we haven't seen a lot of ties. He scored this year. I think if we go back and look at the stats, he'll have a decent year. But some games, you know, he does, we don't really see him. He doesn't get involved really. But this one he did a lot in the receiving game outside of that penalty he had. Uh 65 yards, three catches. Uh, and then Avante, four for 48 with those two tutties. Justin, yes, two for 30. Want to see Justin more involved out of the backfield. Receiving Jerron in his little time he's had this year. Once again, two for 15. Donovan, two for seven. And then Romare, one of two. Yes, no Landon Lenore. It broke it. It broke his streak, unfortunately. Uh, and I'm sure honestly at the end he doesn't care. He tweeted at the end of the game. He said, good team win. Hashtag not done, not yet. So he knows his legacy. He He does not care in the end. As long as we win, that's the kind of guy he is. So that is odd a little bit. Noah, flipping over to the defense, unless you have something to add there about the offense. Yeah, that's going back to Landon. He's going to – the seasons he's had, he's going to – each team he plays, he's probably going to get more attention. So it opens up things for Isaiah, Tice, Avante. You know how good Avante has been um, pre-injury. Then, uh, yeah, that's just going to open things up. Then uh, – one bad punt Jack had, I will say, 18 yards. It, um, it's good that he didn't get back up there, but I'm sure he, he's pretty pretty upset with himself. So um, it sucks that he didn't get out there and get to, especially for average-wise, because we know he's up for one of the highest averages in the nation. That It would have been maybe one more wouldn't have hurt him. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a rare – Rare to see that kind of bad punt from Jack. He'll fix it. We're not worried about that. Yeah, I'm sure he was itching to get back out there. He would have knocked a 50-something yarder if they gave him a chance. Uh, again, and yeah, uh, even, uh, especially yeah, if we get, this would be the peak of us. If we can get our forehead a monster, and even you add Pop, which Pop won't see much action down the way, unless we blow somebody out the rest of the way, which could be next week, obviously. But 
yeah, we have all these guys that receive like this and 233 receiving uh, with that rushing. That's how dominant the team we know we can be. So hopefully we see – this is just a glimpse of something we see here down the stretch and into the playoffs. Uh, and now Noah P.J. Jules, who we know does not get a lot thrown to him, uh, he led us in tackles with nine, and he had a tackle for loss himself. Quay was involved. Those were the top two guys. Uh, let's see here. We had the uh, tackles for loss assist. Hundemer had a, a decent day himself. Here, Noah DJ Johnson wanted to add him. He had uh, two to- or yeah two total tackles. Nick talked about him in the in the pregame with Mike about how involved he wants him to be and how confident he is and how good of a talent he is. And he he reiterated that today and I think in the postgame. So Noah DJ Johnson from Purdue. We know he was at Iowa as well. Big Ten guy Nick Hill can rely on down the stretch. Yeah, he finally, the NCAA cleared him, and he's played a little bit last week, and he's gotten in more involved this week. He's going to be big down the stretch. We know that we know that Clay, or PJ is big. He's one of the best corners in not only the, the conference, but in the country, I believe, in the FCS level. Then we know how good um, David Miller has been. He's stepping up the last two weeks. But, yeah, adding the third guy in there to have different packages – and uh, he's a former four-star recruit, went to Iowa, then he went to Purdue, now he ended up here. Um, he's a big-time player, so uh, he's only – I believe he's only a freshman listed on the roster, so uh, we're going to have him for a while, it sounds like. Yeah, and just thinking about it more, uh, our DB room, and knowing that PJ's still young, obviously how young David is, you add DJ, and you add guys like Jalen Bates even, I think we're – in that was obviously a question mark coming into the season. And obviously James Caesar going out hurt, but more and more we see these guys and David Miller, who looks like he's getting better each and every week. Yeah. That I think we're looking good. He's a sophomore for the future. So yeah. Oh, DJ is. Yes. Okay. So that, that's perfect still. So definitely looking bright future in the, in the DB room cornerbacks wise, that definitely uh, will be pivotal as we go on through the years. Uh, so yeah, seeing him get finally get in action. Uh, Hunter Noah had a sack uh, and two sack assists in general. He had a nice day. We haven't seen him a lot this year, but obviously this game he definitely made an impact. Raekwon Lindsey had a half sack. Uh, Cam Badra had a half sack as well. Those are the only guys that got sacks in this game. A couple QB hits from a couple other guys. Bryce had a couple. Richie as well. Joel Patterson, who will have to be huge with Jakari out and then Jenna playing defensive back as well. Joel Patterson will be relied upon. Mikel as well. Three, pra- three pass breakups as a team, Clayton, Bryce, and Jordan. Jordan had the one for the touchdown, obviously. David's two picks, yes, for 22 pick yards, and then Knighton's as well. So, uh, yes, an overall really, really, really good game. Let's get into the team stats. We outdid them by a lot. 282, no, remember, their running back was pretty good. He had over 700 yards going into this game. Well, I guess we'll get to his stats here if you have it. They only had 98 as a team. I'm sure he had obviously a lot to do with that. 282 to 98 difference uh, and about 17 more attempts. Um, we had nine more first downs than they did. Uh, passing was big time as well. Pretty much beat them at every single stat. Almost seven yards per play for us, only 4.3 for them. Uh, and the time of possession, though, which – like we said, at the beginning, whenever we thought it was going to get out of reach, they had some long drives at times. It was only, especially with us scoring a lot, too. We only had 30-15 to 29-45 time of possession. We were 3 or three for 3 on fourth down. They were 100% as well. 4 of 11 on third. They were 8 of 15. Uh, they had 12 penalties, over so 125 yards. So they did themselves in with penalties all day. We were watching the broadcast. They had a former... Sycamore player on the uh, the uh, color commentary, and he was just saying how undisciplined. He said it at least, I wish I would have counted, he said it at least 30 times throughout the game on their side for undisciplined. So uh, so that's how it happened with that, Noah. So going to their box score, if you had that, what stuck out for you in state? Yeah, obviously the two picks for Anthony Thompson. He was 21-33 for 192, two touchdowns, but he threw those two picks. So that was uh, – a big big one for them. Um, yeah, Peterson, uh, Curlegrand was their running back. He only had – we held him for 18 for 56. Only averaging – that was only 3.1 uh, yards per carry, so that's pretty good. On a back like him, we know they mix in a couple others. But uh, 
Yeah, Dante Hendricks was the guy we expected him. 10 for 83 and two touchdowns. And uh, Fazion McClurge was the other one. He ended up with 6 for 51. So, yeah, they were um, not too great on offense. But uh, looking looking at the other stats that stick out to me, um, Silla defense were struggling. Looks like uh, they were 8 of 15. Eight of fifteen on third down, and we were, and they were two of two on fourth down. So it looks like defense is struggling to get off the field a little bit at some times. But uh, we talked about it last week with our four, our, our third down conversions, four of eleven today. So that's uh, showing uh, not very good on third down either. But we were three of three um, on fourth down, so that's pretty good. Uh, we were five of seven in the red zone. They weren't two for two, so. Um, our red red zone were pretty good in the red zone yesterday or Saturday, I should say. So yeah, looking at it total yards wise, we demolished them five fifteen to two ninety one, almost doubled them. Pretty good performance. We got to clean some things up offensively and defensively on third down, but a pretty overwhelming performance. Uh, um, showed you at spurts what kind of team we are and have showed this year. We just got to put it all together. Yeah, third down is definitely – I'm glad you said that because, yeah, I think that's the one thing they could take from this game that they didn't do well. Yeah, getting off getting off the field on defense and staying on the field on offense, especially in the red zone. Yeah, I'm sure they would definitely – that's the one thing they could probably take from this game is converting in the red zone and definitely on third down. Yeah. So now, you know, we're getting these dogs to the game. Uh, let's see. I mean, on offense, you could say – I mean, and Nick says it – Nick Hill said it today as well that Nick Baker did not – that's something to say, though, in general of, you know, not turning the ball over like he has. He has, like, what, nine picks and who knows how many fumbles lost <clears throat> throughout this season. But he hasn't turned it over this season at all. But, Noah, who's our dog of the game on offense? Yeah, for offense, um, it's hard to. There's a lot of guys you could go with. But I would say um, finally got the ball in his hands. I'd say Javon Williams. Without a doubt, because you see what happens when it does. I agree with you there. I was just going to put in maybe a Pop Jones, just seeing what how good he can do if we're not talking like the mainstays in a, in a butt whooping. But I agree, Javon should be the one in this game, seeing what he can do when he does have enough touches. Uh, what about defense? Yeah, defense. Uh, we had a lot of guys step up on the defensive line. Um, it's hard not to say David Miller. You can shout out Anthony and Jordan for what they did, but you can't go wrong with David Miller, I'd say. No, yeah, and we talked about, you know, his improvement every single week and the fact that he's – because even Nick Hill said in the, in the uh, presser about, you know, you can, he, used to be a, he used to be a receiver, but you have, if, you, if you're an elite corner, you have to be able to catch the ball, and that's what he's been doing. Uh, definitely doing that. I would agree with you. The only one I would have said yes was Anthony for actually taking to the house and not just falling on or something, making that athletic play. I won't agree with you, though, with David. You could flip-flop on either one. And then Noah, special teams. Yeah, usually we say Jack or Nico. Uh, you could say either one. We know Jack didn't only got that one bad punt, so I guess we we would say Nico because we didn't have a lot of um, returns and uh, didn't have a lot of punts. You could see uh, the punt coverage, so I'd go I guess go with Nico this week. Yeah, because he keeps getting he's getting because of us uh, our inability to score touchdowns in the red zone in general. Yeah, Nico's continue continues to be used a whole lot, and I guess he will moving forward, even though we'd like to get in the end zone. Hopefully all he's got to do is make PAT. So, yeah, I agree with that as well. I will say on kickoff coverage, Tim Johns, uh, Zach Barola, a lot of guys are doing an outstanding job on the kickoff coverage. Yeah, and we know Dre Newman's done a great job as well. And we mentioned, yeah, Donovan even filling in there. And make a noise. So I, without a doubt, agree. Our special teams has been pretty solid this year. We know keys to the game for Coach Hill. A lot of the time has been special teams. And if we go back to see what they were before the game, uh, see if how we did establish an efficient run game. I'd say with almost 300 yards, I'd say we definitely did that. Played a high level. Without a doubt, I think we did with for sure in the second half. And then get the lead. Play well with the lead, which we did when the second half came along. So we. We lived up to those, and those are our dogs of the game. Uh, Noah, some tweets here. James Caesar said, Dub, like we said, we know we'll get to that here in a second. Coach Hill talking about him and his impact still after injury. And then uh, David Miller, 
Love y'all, man. So much support behind me, and I wouldn't be here without y'all. So that segues us now. Noah, he had that honor we mentioned earlier. Defensive player of the week for the Missouri Valley. Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. Uh, he's he's playing really good football right now. We know that he's going to get a lot of action since he, uh, he plays on the opposite side of a great corner, P.J. Jules. So uh, he's got a lot at a lot at his a uh, lot on his plate, and he, he's taking it and he's uh, eating it all up. He's playing really well right now, and to be named uh, Player of the Week in this kind of conference is really really great honors. Yes, and we're hoping at this point in the season because his ability to intercept passes in general that because they haven't gone at PJ, maybe they can even that out a little bit. Know that they can't really go David's way or he'll catch a lot that they throw his way. So, yes, definitely a big step up, and they had the players of the week they posted earlier. The main account did. Javon offense, David on defense, Donovan with that block, special teams. And then Michael King offensive scout and Peyton Reeves defensive scout. We're thinking those guys will definitely play a factor next year. Uh, Nick Hill had some tweets as well. After the game, he mentioned the $10 tickets for senior day the coming week. He said, love this team, unselfish and resilient, and back to work. And like we said, the video he had with the team after the fact, Anthony Knight got a game ball. He wasn't able to give it to him last week, he said. So we got it to him this week. So he has an overall great game uh, to build off of moving forward. In the doghouse tonight, we'll have Nick Hill at 6 o'clock in about an hour and 45 minutes from where we stand currently right now. So that's how our game happened this week. Noah, final thoughts, I guess, potentially? Yeah, especially uh, we got we, we seen, we seen the positives, what happens uh, when you get the – our playmakers, the ball in their hand. So uh, we got to continue to find ways to do that. I know on the uh, one touchdown of Javon that I believe Nikhil quoted it when he said it was one of the, one of the plays we haven't ran all year. So we got things still we haven't people haven't seen all year. So it's it's that time of year you start breaking stuff like out that to get the all our explosive playmakers the ball in their hand. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, we got things to build on. I'm sure they're still um, not overall happy with the performance, but a win is a win. It's a big time win. We keeps our season going and gets us right on the right track again. So that's where we need to be. And uh, we got a big one this this weekend, Senior Day. So uh, yeah, we're gonna clean some stuff up and get back to it and uh, continue and be two and zero going into the playoffs. Yes, and definitely hitting this stride on both sides of the ball. Because we mentioned our peak was probably the South Dakota State game, and at times in playing with Kansas State, we reached our peak about the, the beginning or the middle of the season. Hopefully we can get that back for sure. And segueing here quickly about the Monday press or some things that stuck out. He did talk about David. He was asked about David a lot. And we already talked about it pretty much, former receiver. and you know, But he says David's a great person. Obviously being at Navy, his, both his parents were in the military. Uh, so he wanted to follow in those footsteps, but then he came here. And, yeah, how great of a person he is. And, uh, yeah, obviously it translated to the field finally. He's been always been thrown at a lot this year, and he's making up for it. And he mentioned uh, James Caesar, who still he was asked about him and how the leader that he's been since he's been hurt. He's at every meeting for defense, for leadership. You know, they have those leadership councils. He's leading those. Uh, he's doing everything, and Nick Hill can appreciate that. Said that he's been unbelievable in that regard. He's been helping guys like uh, like David come along and learn. So James, and we know that he has aspirations for the next level, and he could build off his last year's tape to help him out and know that injury was a factor this year. So hopefully he finds his way because Noah, in his last year here, off, off of injury, we know he didn't have the best start. That he's leaving his impact in terms of helping these younger guys and leaving his legacy kind of in these last couple of years yeah yeah that's his that's what his goal is to be he's going to help this team no matter if he's pl- if he was still playing or if he now he's since he's sidelined with injury um him and that db room and tory carter's done a great job in that room and helping these guys get better and he knows the team goal and that's the winning national championship and that's what we want to do here so he's doing whatever he can to get us there from the sidelines, and uh, he, I think Nick Hill did mention same same way with Bryson Strong. Um, we know what he's been through, and uh, he's keeping strong and helping the linebackers as well because uh, he played at a high level as well. So, yeah, we got these guys. We got these extra coaches, you could say, 
on the sideline to help this team to win a national championship, and that's what we're going to do. So it's it's a plus. It's a plus having those guys still on the sidelines because you know they could check out and they could uh, go on on their own way and not want to be here. Exactly, and you're right. He could easily just say, "I want to focus towards the next level. I'm gonna build up for that." But he stuck with it, and we love him for that for sure. And you mentioned Tony Carter. Yeah, Nick Hill definitely preaching how good of a job he's done in his first year, and I'm sure. And Dame and Jamie DeBerry, who's a special teams coordinator, and the reasons for obviously our success with special teams this year has been to him. So we've had some definitely success with our new coaches. And uh, yeah, and he was Nick was pretty much just asked about senior day, and I'm sure we'll get some actual quotes on on uh, Friday for the preview that happened today, how excited he is for it and how much he wants people to show up and how great uh, our sixth and fifth year guys have done for the program. No, and he mentioned uh, some fifth year guys that have, would have the option for next year, uh, but not sure if any of them will, or he said something like that, didn't he? Yeah. He said something about uh, some guys have the option, but um, I believe in the pre or yeah, it was a pregame. They talked to Cole Stewart he said he has the option, but it's still up in the air. He has not made a decision. I'm sure um, none of them will till the end of the year and see what happens with this uh, team where we go. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm wondering how they, I guess, uh, I guess you could say they will all go through the ceremonies no matter what to get if they decide to come back or not. And because uh, um, I'm trying to think if, uh, thinking for Illinois basketball, just thinking that, the way it happens is uh, they went through it the year before, then they got the extra year because of COVID, and they didn't go through it this past year. So I'm, I'm just trying to think how it would work. But I'm sure all of them will go through the ceremony just in case they decide, um, even if they come back or not. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, we know that with Illinois basketball. Trent Frazier is one that comes to mind. Uh, so, yeah, uh, some quotes here. Uh, when Nick was asked about that play with Javon, he said, when I had – when I – what I said on the headset was, I just have a gut feeling about this, and he put it in, and, and put it in Javon's hands. It's a play we hadn't shown all season, like you said earlier. I know if we could sustain the line of scrimmage and get pullers out in front of Javon, he could get it in. We definitely need to have that more this season. Javon said, Coach has been trusting me to take advantage of opportunities since I've been here. Like I told him when I first got here, I want to be put in uncomfortable situations, and he does that all the time. Uh, I just have to make it happen. Yes, definitely hope we see more and more of this, especially with the way they're talking about one another and what they want to do to have success. Coach O said, I feel like we have weapons when he was talking about Donovan scoring and stuff. When we can have explosive runs in a series, 9, 11, 13-yard runs, this offense gets going. Uh, he also said, especially in this day and age of social media, he's a throwback when he talks about Anthony Knight not tweeting about himself. He easily could. Quietly, he's put together one of the best careers in Suzuki football history. Uh, and he had talked about David. I'm really proud of David. He and PJ didn't come out of game for six weeks straight. They played every single snap. He's technically a freshman on the field and has a bright future. So that's crazy. Noah saying that those two, and they've, you know, they've been good at times, obviously PJ barely being thrown at, but that's where we're glad that DJ Johnson is here to establish and get these guys some rest at times, especially hopefully in this last game, if our offense can do it to where we can uh, get another big lead like this and rest a lot of our guys before that selection Sunday. So now, no, let's go around the league. We know there was a huge play that got some national attention or, uh, from a huge game this weekend. Yeah, going around the Valley, there were some pretty good games, especially the one you just referred and uh, referred as. And uh, getting into it here, we have um, North Dakota State went on the road to Youngstown, who we play this week, uh, beat them 49-17. Um, so... That shows uh, a rebound for North Dakota State coming off a loss. Um, Northern Iowa on with their playoff lives, their season on the line pretty much. Um, they went on the road to Missouri State, lost 34-27. So the UNI Panthers, I would say, are done for the year. Then Illinois State went on the road to North Dakota. They came off a big win, and they fall 14-7 and probably a really, really ugly run the ball game with those two teams there. Then the one you mentioned, um, South Dakota State on the road at in-state rival South Dakota. Um, final play of the game, heaved it, knocked around into Vander Esch's arms for a 23-20 win for South Dakota. Um, that puts them in the playoffs. And uh, 
continues their hot streak they're, they're on. Yeah, we talked about the two games that they had to end this season that they, yeah, their playoff chances were on the brink as well. Yeah, he rolled out as a three-man rush, and he almost got sacked, and then he rolled out, chucked it. Yeah, it got to like the five-yard line. It got tipped into their hands for that win. Just a devastating, obviously, loss for South Dakota State. And a crazy season for them, really. They dealt with injuries. You mentioned Isaiah Davis, who would have made it back. I'm not sure if he did in that game. I doubt it, right? So, um, yeah, they had, obviously, losing to us uh, at times and, obviously, the, the different kinds of losses they've had this year. They've had a whirlwind of a season. Uh, and, and you mentioned the other game, yeah, with Northern Iowa, only losing by seven. That stinks, especially when that would kick you officially out of the playoffs. And even though we know that they've had some great wins this year, so, yeah, overall, after those games, uh, so let's get into some standing, or let's get into what the NBC standings look like right now. Yeah, looking at what they look right now going into the final weekend, you have the Bison still on top at 6-1. and one. Then you have Missouri State, who uh, has played all their conference games. They play a non-con this weekend, I believe Dixie State. 6-2, uh, and two, South Dakota Five and two, we're five and two. Then you have four and three, South Dakota State. Three and four, North Dakota, Northern Iowa. Two and five, Illinois State, Western Illinois, and Indiana State. Then one and six, who we play this week in Youngstown. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we know how hot South Dakota is, so uh, there's still there's still hopes for a uh, clinch of a share of a title this year for four teams. So it's interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's looking like a five-team bid into the Valley this year, which would be incredible. Uh, yeah, looking at these standings for sure. And I always look at the points forced, that we are second in the Valley and points first behind South Dakota State. That's always something. And then uh, points allowed, uh, we're not as high as the bottom ones down there, 253 to 355. So we've done well in that regard. Yeah, South Dakota with the, the games that they've had this year and their ability to literally push it to the limit. And that is a play that everybody will remember forever. He was even on the Dan Patrick show this morning. So like I said, some national uh, attention around on a play like that to continue your season. Who knows? Like we said, once they get in, who knows? That is the kind of play that can have a magical season and getting far. So we'll see what they line up as. Yes, us currently fourth, tied with them record-wise in the standings. So Noah, that segues us now to the recent polls this week. Yeah, there's some recent polls around the around the country. Um, we know we discuss these every Monday and uh, getting into. There was a couple others, uh, I guess, guys just that work for Stats Perform put theirs out. We, we like to see those, see where they have us. But the main Stats Perform FCS poll has us at, um, what was it, 17? 15. Well, you said mainly stats before. Yeah, yeah the so main the coaches yeah, poll had us yeah, at 15. Yeah, the coaches poll had us at 15, but the FCS stats perform has us at 17. So, uh, yeah, we fluctuate from there, them and there. Took an extra week for Missouri State to jump us in both polls, and they finally did. So it's interesting to see. Um, we, we have no disagreements with that. So uh, we, have a, we have a chance to climb – because uh, South Dakota, you could climb back up to into the top 15 this weekend. Yeah, South Dakota State being the first team to knock down North Dakota State is the reason why I think they're 13th they're still on the coaches poll because, I mean, they dropped, they dropped that game, and uh, you know we beat them. South Dakota beat them, granted, by a, a total of four points, but still having them ahead of us. Missouri State right there, too. So uh, Missouri Valley team's jam-packed right there, 13 through 16. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, barring, you know, whatever else, everything else happened, that us killing an unranked bad team doesn't really move the needle for us in terms of that. Yeah, I'd agree. And, yeah, in the top ten, though, we see it because we'll get to here in a second with some poll. We don't have bracketology yet, but there's one that we'll just mention because uh, at UT Martin at eight, we know the season that they've had. We were supposed to play there a couple years ago pre-pandemic. So interesting the season that they've turned out. Sam Houston remains at one in that coach's poll, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now let's go to that. If you have in front of you the FCS Fans Nation bracket that they had, we talked about it. Just, it's one in general that we'll just mention because even Brian McLaughlin gave them praise for uh, how good of a job they do on their podcast. And in general, uh, it says no other we. I mean, like we said, 
not sure how these brackets unfold in terms of who's the home team, but you add North Dakota State at the top of the whatever that they're home, and Eastern Washington down there is on the bottom at home. Well, we would assume we would host Davidson, and if we win, we go at North Dakota State. That is correct. That's not what that's what would happen, I believe, in the early rounds. It's it's on. I think it's bids whoever get to host a home game. So that would be us. Davidson's in out of the Pioneer League. We already paid Dayton, who's out of the Pioneer League. So um, yeah, it'd be a, a really good. That's what we want. We want home games in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, that's that. That would be good. I'm interested to see what Sam Herter has after the what has happened this weekend. And yeah, let's we got one final crazy weekend in the FCS. You're right, and we do get that first home game. It'd be great. Obviously, it's bleak at this point to get in the final eight. But uh, getting that home game, especially getting a bye and having the team that you would face having to go through a battle that previous week would be great. But we'll just we'll we'll do with what we're given, and we'll like yeah, at this final week, see how it goes for us, let alone everywhere else, and we'll see. Because then that segues me into reminding everybody that the selection show is November 21st on ESPNU at 12:30. We will be glued to that as always, like we were last year, finding out we were literally the last team in, which was incredible. And obviously the run that we were able to go on was great. So that's always, selection shows are always great and fun. So that's where everything stands. Yeah, the Bracketology 10.0 we will get to on the preview on Friday. Uh, and some more of obviously what the look ahead for the last week is. Uh, now Noah, some NFL Salukis. Uh, we'll get to this. Some players, not a whole lot of action. The one had you know a touchdown. We'll start with him, Mike Cole. The reigning inductee had the one catch, I think, for like for those two yards, and that was a touchdown on one of those trick plays again. That seems he's always the the beneficiary of a touchdown on a play like that. Yeah, right, right around the goal line, he always slips out, and we find him wide open. So, uh, yeah, that's what he's been doing. He's been really good in the run, run, run blocking, and he slips out on those goal line plays, and we find him. Jeremy had four tackles, and the Panthers win. We know Cam Newton's back there rejuvenating them. They're having an incredible defense this year, the Panthers are. And Jeremy, obviously, a big part of that. And they're not 500 making a run, potentially, for the playoffs. So good luck, Jeremy. And then Noah Ryan, Neal, uh, had one tackle in this game. We know how important he is. He, but we saw him, I think there was a scuffle of players, and he got, like, helped or something into the uh, locker room, whether he was just upset and had to be, like, held back and guided or he was hurt, not sure. We said that one tackle, and there are people on Twitter saying, Seahawks fans, how important he is to the defense, and that he's pretty much carrying the defense. Even though we had one tackle in this game, probably it's one bad game overall, and they lost, and they did have, not have a good game overall. So uh, good to see our three. So look, doing that. we mentioned Craig James, who got picked back up by the Eagles after getting dropped. Marjorie Harper is probably still, still on the Panthers practice squad. So we'll see how these guys continue to go as their season's about halfway through the NFL season. Now, no, let's segue into the commits. For 2022, we know they had some success this weekend. I want to start out first, and I wouldn't mind starting with him. I just wanted to say, because we saw it a couple hours ago, that Brian Brown, the Metro League Player of the Year. Co-Player of the Year. Co-Player of the Year. Yeah, that's big time for Brian. Um, I was going to start with them. Uh, um, Their season came to a disappointing end Friday night with a loss 20-18 to Cardinal Renner. They finished 7-4. Um, not how they wanted to finish their season, but, uh, yeah, Brian co-play of the year. He ended up, uh, 89 of 135 for 1,989 yards, 25 touchdowns and only three picks and ran 70 times for 562 yards and 10 touchdowns. So, uh, he's a dual threat guy. Um, did not see a lot of, we know he could be a DB, but did not see a lot of DB action this year. Then Jalen Banks, the other Luther North boy. 35 tackles, four sacks, and six tackles for a loss this year. So, um, pretty good year for him. Yeah, it said 24 of their players received all-conference honors more than any other school in that area. So, that's pretty – and we know we'll get to one here in a second. One of their players, went, uh, Calder Williford, went to Murray State. And then we know that running back, Jalen Carson, that we're still on, on, I guess. But, yeah, Brian Brown, he's called player of the year, barely playing defensive back. I know we can convert him. And I know we got a lot of quarterbacks coming in, but I don't think we should let him go. We need to probably bring him in at quarterback and see what he can do. What do you think? Yeah, I don't – with the 
with the the competition in the room, I do not know, but he's a heck of an athlete. So uh, uh, what other the coaching staff and he wants to do, I would say it's not going to be a bad decision. Yeah, and I'd say, obviously, when you recruit him and you tell him what he can do with this, that he has the potential to play on the other side of the ball, that there's obviously some conversations on what he can do. And I know things change over time, but that's how you recruit a guy and how you can use him moving forward. So I'm sure they've talked about it. So uh, we mentioned Colin Wolf for going to Murray State. We lost out on him. So what's everyone else doing? Yeah, um, another disappointing end of the season is uh, down in Georgia, Ryan Chanley in Cherokee. Lost 28-21 to 21 in the first round of their playoffs with Norcross. Um, they had their ups and downs this season, so I know that's not how they want, wanted to finish. But uh, those are their only two losses of the weekend, so the rest of our players are playing. So the rest of our commits are district champions and move on. So getting into Jimmy Lansing and Chaminade, they won 55-20 over Fort Zumwalt North. Um, they are district champions, as I said. Uh, they play Friday night uh, versus Holt, who Holt is undefeated. So that is a big test for Chaminade uh, to move on into the playoffs. Um, Charles Young, Lutheran St. Charles, a big 42 nothing win over Duchesne. Uh, four tackles for Charles in that win over them. They play at Lift for Live Friday night. Um, pretty good Lift for Live team. Um, Connor Lair, West Plains, big 42-7 win over McDonald County. He had, I know he had two rushing touchdowns and two and one receiving touchdown, and he made some big time defensive plays with some sacks too. And they're they're at Hannibal, a really good Hannibal team Friday night as well. Ryan Schwindeman and St. Dominic, their season continues. A big 42-21 win over Hazelwood East. Uh, Ryan had one rush for five yards and two sacks and six tackles. They uh, play Saturday versus a really good MICDS team. Um, they lost to that team 47-13 to 13 earlier this year. So um, a big test. They've got tape to see and continue on in their playoffs. And Trey Baker and Lee Summit, Lee Summit North, um, big 21 nothing win, shutout win over Joplin. Um, he had 227 passing yards, two passing TDs, and also had a rushing TD. Um they are in the state semifinals in the biggest class in Missouri. That's uh, class six. So uh, Friday night versus uh, they uh, they play Christian Brothers. They're the number one team in the state. They're eleven and one. So big test Friday night for our biggest QB commit, Trey Baker. Yeah, and that's where I think uh, we talked about it on recent pods. The impact that I think he could come in here and make, and at some point compete for the starting spot because he's playing at that high level. And doing it, you know, successfully, I think that'll definitely stick out. We'll keep an eye out for Trey, and we just mentioned Brian there and his ability to play that too. So it, it's interesting how they recruit these guys and what they sell them on coming here, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of hardware in the districts for a lot of our guys, a lot of blowouts and some success, some things on these guys. Uh, Danielle, uh, Jimmy's mom, posted about uh, them having 511 rushing yards as a team, and there was a big old picture with everybody. So that's how good their offensive line has done with Jimmy. Uh, Ryan Chandler, you mentioned disappointing. Yeah, everybody, we know the competition he's faced, we've talked about, but he actually, he didn't let that bother him because he had a post about uh, Michael and Jeremy and their seasons and tagged all the coaches about success that they've had. Uh, so he's obviously not really totally down in the dumps. He's excited to get here. And then Jalen uh, Jalen Banks did post his season uh, season highlights senior season highlights that we retweeted and watched. He's definitely big time in the run. He's a big run stopper. So, and you mentioned his stats this year. We're looking forward to having him, especially with a little bit, not actually, not really actually a gutted defensive line, but not really. We have a lot of young guys, so we'll just be adding him in there. Yeah. It's good to see all those guys bringing hardware. We put it on our Instagram, a lot of those guys. So great to see. Uh, so yeah, I think that's how everything's gone on this week. This has been a really good pod so far recapping this victory and everything else where everything stands, uh, and we do have Youngstown, that 1-6 Youngstown that Nick Hill reiterated is a good team, and we'll find that out. It's unfortunate being on senior day that you and I both work, and the kind of work we do, it's getting hectic and busy, but we will not be able to make this game again, unfortunately, uh, to seeing the senior day. But we will try to make posts about these seniors, maybe build some stuff up through the week and how important they've been to us, even though we know the season's not over. So we'll do something with that. 
like we said, unfortunately, we can't make the game. So, uh, no, our opponent in that game, let's give a sneak peek for, about Youngstown. Yeah, uh, struggled a lot this year. Has some, uh, I know Nick Hill said they're a good football team, which they're playing in the Valley, so it doesn't mean they can't go play in the OVC and not win seven or eight games. But uh, really good run game. Uh, our defense is going to be up to the test again with the run game. Uh, we fixed it this week and shut down Indiana State. So, uh, yeah, it's a big-time test. Uh, we know it's senior day. So a lot on a lot on a lot of players' minds, and uh, we know we still need to win this game to uh, pretty much lock ourselves in, even though we think we're already in. But yeah, it's a big game. Um, on to the next one and zero this week. Let's go get back to work, watch the film, see what we need to correct, and uh, get going and being two and zero going in the playoffs after our losing streak. Yeah, I can't wait to preview this game on Friday and even listening to it when the time comes. Yeah, with how pumped the players and the team will be for these six-year guys that put their heart and souls into this program under Nick Hill and what the what the program looks like now, that they will be playing on cloud nine in this game, we're thinking. So excited to have our picks for that game, dogs of the game, and all of that uh, senior day will be very, very special. Yes, a lot to play for, uh, for the playoff sake and just resume sake before the selection show and just everything with what they've done in general. So we're really excited for that. Again, follow our Instagram Dogs Podcast if you haven't already. And uh, find us on all other podcast uh, outlets, including Spotify, which is our main one. Don't forget to do it. So, yeah, another good pod for Nick Malone. No alerts. We'll see you guys on Friday to preview Youngstown State for Senior Day. Go dogs.